0: Hello everyone who's watching. Welcome to this crypto ethic uh YouTube video. Or if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening, then welcome to the podcast. So it's so wonderful to have you join us. Uh, my name is Tansy Bajant, and I am the founder and lead coach of the Crypto Ethic, where we gather online in community around crypto and Bitcoin, and where I offer classes to help guide people through the process of learning about Bitcoin and crypto, and we offer these videos as a chance to bring information, discussion, and at times a little bit of news.
1: And hi, I'm Anya Klaus, and uh, I help edit course material. I like uh, chatting about strategy with with Tansy And uh, I'm sort of the cohort uh, or co-conversationalist on this uh, on this channel where we share stories about Bitcoin and crypto and our thoughts on it. So welcome. Thanks for joining us.
0: And to lead in now, just to say, if anyone is enjoying this show, uh, then please feel free to uh, like and subscribe to the channel. We would love to have you join us. So today we are going to be talking about something that is quite prevalent in the Bitcoin space at the moment, which is Bitcoin NFTs. And for some people, both those concepts are going to be difficult to understand, but we're not going to go into what Bitcoin is right now. But what I do want to speak to is NFTs. So we have heard about NFTs via Ethereum before, so on the Ethereum chain, um you can have NFTs. Basically, that means that it means non-fungible token, and it means that data can be passed along the Ethereum network or the Ethereum chain. And essentially, that was what differed sort of Bitcoin and Ethereum. So there were two coins. Ethereum was based on the um, underlying technology of Bitcoin, but it added in an ability to have a smart contract which allowed these extra pieces of material so photos or pictures to be sent along the blockchain so with an nft on the ethereum chain it actually gets sent out so the there's a kind of a big file storage place called the inner plan interplanetary file uh, system i think it is um where these nfts live so they don't live on the ethereum blockchain they kind of live off it but there's a little sort of piece of data that just links to that file so that's just a really kind of brief explanation of nfts as we see them on ethereum and so nfts have become a really big thing in the crypto space in general so you'll see it as art so a lot of you are trading art trading like little NFTs to get into groups or spaces, so there might be little images, um, and maybe we can talk a little bit about NFTs. So how have you found NFTs so far? Have you been encouraged by them, Anya?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I mean, I've been playing with them, and it's interesting because I find a lot of women in the crypto space are actually in NFTs, or at least they rise, they bubble to the surface, maybe because there's not as men in NFT, in NFTs. So you just hear a lot of women organizations talking about NFTs um, and really developing their own NFTs for their organizations so that it becomes kind of this like group entry, you know, a way to contribute to the group and be part of the group. So it's sort of an interesting trying to think of an analogy like what we use like if you become a member of an organization you pay a fee and then you get this boring little card that says i'm a member well you know in the crypto world in nft world you can be a member you know of a group that's on the opposite side of the planet and have a cute little cute nft artwork indicating you and your membership status so it's I find it really fascinating and I've just uh... and then there's also actually I, I think I got into NFTs during COVID and during some of the harder times in the COVID three years. Some artists were giving out their NFTs for free. You know, it would show up on Twitter and they were really cute. And I I grabbed a couple for free and they're really interesting sort of contemporary pulsing art. You know, so it's, I think the power of it right now is the community creating online. And that was so powerful during COVID because everybody was stuck at home, mm-hmm. but they could travel the world and meet people and be part of this group via the NFTs. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I started getting into it. And uh, that that's what attracted me, sort of the group and the the feminine powers. <laughs> mm, I love that. how about you I mean have you had personal experiences with NFTs
0: (laughs) no I haven't really been that inspired to Mm -hmm. reach out into the NFT space that much um mostly because I think I mean I love the concept in terms of the groups and like being part of that I think that's amazing um and in some ways I do like the artistic component as well but I think for me my deepest interest in this space is around the monetary system. And Mm -hmm. so it's just an area that in real life, I haven't been that interested in like kind of joining big groups or going to art fairs and art galleries. It's not, that's not my scene. My scene is kind of Mm -hmm. more adventurous and uh, travelly and uh, cultural in that way. So it's just, it's completely a personal preference. Yeah, I've always really enjoyed that nfts exist i think they can be used in lots of different ways and maybe to explain to the audience the difference between a fungible token and a non-fungible token so an nft um is that if you think about a dollar note if i gave you a dollar note and you gave me a dollar note back it doesn't matter if they are not the same dollar note it is equivalent to the same amount so that is like a fungible token. It means that you can have as many, that it can be replicated and one is not unique from another. So yeah, like gold coins, also the same. So anything that is kind of replicable, it doesn't matter which one you give, it still has the value. Non-fungible means that it's it's irreplaceable. It's unique. There's just one of it. So essentially your house is a non-fungible token. There isn't another one like it. And yeah, you are a non-fungible token and your passport, your identity would be a non-fungible token. So it's anything that is like, is limited and well, completely unique in nature. And what can happen is that you can say, you know, maybe you've created five identical pieces of art, but each one is numbered differently. And so that carries with it a non-fungible element uh, because it has a serial number. So that gives it a sense of, um, uniqueness which people trade with as well so that is kind of the non-fungible piece of a non-fungible token and so far they haven't existed on bitcoin because bitcoin doesn't have this smart contract that's embedded in the blockchain so like i said with ethereum in each of their uh in each of the transactions. So where the transactions are coming in and those get added to the blockchain at a node. At that point when they get added to the blockchain in that block, you can, there is an ability, there's like a sort of smart contract piece, and there's an ability to obviously add in uh, content, which links to this other data storage. Now with Bitcoin, there was never a an idea of creating smart contracts because that wasn't a, a thoughtful consideration at the beginning of creating bitcoin it was really about the monetary system that it was trying to create a universal coin that was um, borderless that was non-sovereign that had no kind of sovereign oversight and was personal to oneself. So all of these principles of creating a better sort of monetary system was included in Bitcoin. Now, there wasn't the thought to add extra content with that, but in a recent upgrade of the Bitcoin network, which happens when, because it's totally decentralized. So you have to get all of the different nodes, those running the nodes to agree to certain updates and those that agree to the update that changes the blockchain now it's not a a hard fork change is where you have two blockchains and they kind of split off and they're completely different the recent update to the block the bitcoin blockchain was not a hard fork it was a soft fork which meant that it could be it was just through an update so those nodes that ran the bitcoin blockchain it's a little bit technical but we'll go with it um that those ones that updated basically allowed the capacity to create extra space in each of the blocks. So all of the transaction data comes in and fills a block and that block gets added to to a blockchain. That's what a blockchain is. Now in the past there was only a certain amount of transactions that could be contained in that block but with a recent update the amount of space in a block was increased because some of the information that would sit in a block was allowed to kind of tag on on the sort of outside, which created additional space. Now, what people have done with that additional space is given the opportunity to literally inscribe uh, into that space so you can have non-transactional data. So rather than having everything relating to Bitcoin transactions, now you could write into that space a little message or you could put a little tiny image in there and so suddenly we have these bitcoin nfts that actually aren't little signals to another file service to a file storage service these are actually written on the bitcoin blockchain they are held there and they will be there forever and so there's it, they're called sort of ordinal inscriptions because they're inscribing uh, on the the block in the blocks themselves and there's mm-hmm. this whole sort of protocol where each of the satoshis, each little tiny element of a bitcoin, so when bitcoin is broken down into satoshis, there are a hundred million satoshis, and this program or this programmer has gone through and has numbered every single satoshi since the beginning of oh. bitcoin, and has ascribed every single one a number. So that's mm-hmm. sort of how um, it can work in terms of the non fungible token aspect, but. It's quite complicated, the the technicals of it all, but essentially what it has opened up is the ability to have these sort of Bitcoin NFTs or these ordinal inscriptions. And because of that, there's been this big uh, furor or this big, I guess there's just a lot of talk now in this yeah. space for and against these ordinals. So there's just been a lot of noise happening because essentially having all of these ordinary inscriptions has pushed up the price of the fees, of the Bitcoin fees. So a Bitcoin fee for me to send Bitcoin, mm-hmm. for example, it could have, you know, it was usually costing a dollar or something like that. Whereas recently the transaction fee to send, um, or the gas fee to send money, uh, was up to $19 yesterday. So The reason for that is people are paying for the space on the blockchain, and they'll pay quite a lot so that they can have their ordinal put onto the blockchain or their inscription put onto the blockchain. Yet, what that means is all of these other transactions are waiting to get on. And so somebody may pay $1,000 or whatever to get their inscription onto a block. But because of that, they've taken up a lot of space in the block. And a block is mined every 10 minutes globally right so everyone who wants to just send a transaction has to wait in a queue and it's called the mempool and that mempool has been gathering and gathering and gathering as people are trying to put these transactions through and one they're slowing down and two the fee has gone high so in order to get yours to the kind of front of the list you need to pay more it's kind of like an auction and so that has been pushing up bitcoin um gas fees which is sort of not what Bitcoin was supposed to be about, but then when we say supposed to be, it was given to the world. So we're all the managers of it now, we're all kind of in charge of it and we can do what we want with it, which is sort of where I want to go with you, (laughs) is to speak to whether you think it's a good idea or whether you would uh, choose to go back and sort of erase it. And that's something that some of the nodes are considering is to wipe clean their update. Yeah, I think what is what is one of the potentials is basically to reset the update, uh, which would clear out this new this new update, basically, and wouldn't allow these to exist. So that is the kind of extreme. Mm-hmm. And then the other is obviously people wanting to use it and wanting to put things onto the blockchain. So.
1: Well, I have a couple thoughts, but first a couple of questions. I mean, one is why was this update even made? You know, why, and did they didn't have any sense that this extra space would be a perfect space for NFTs to be secured. I mean, if you get your NFT on a Bitcoin, it's a much more secure place than let's say on other chains, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that they did. Um, And that was one of the kind of, some people pushed against that early on before the update was made, was saying, you know, you, uh-huh. any information could be put into this. It's not you're allowing the extra space for that and actually there's always been the ability to sort of write a little bit on bitcoin but this Mm -hmm. has just really advanced that especially with this new ordinal protocol that came on top Mm -hmm. that has like mapped out uh, all of the satoshis so one it was made in order to increase the space of a block so that more transactions could go through with each block to kind of speed up the um to speed up bitcoin basically because at the moment or before you only had a small amount of space for all of those transactions and so everybody would have to wait until then that the next block came and it was just it would make it really slow and inefficient so what they did is they wanted to increase the block size without a major shift but just by basically taking out some of the information that was contained in the block putting it outside and then opening up that space to more transactions but at the same time there was this idea that you know other things could be put in there and I think there probably wasn't the understanding of just how that could be used and how quickly it would take off and then also this computer scientist who basically put like fed a protocol over the top of bitcoin and was able to sort of scan it out and to see where all of the you know to give each satoshi a number and then to create this um, inscription linked to that so I don't think that that many people imagined that would happen to make it so popular to basically add content. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, as a non-technical person, <laughs> um, I mean, I feel like, so I don't want to go the good or bad route. I mean, I want to go like, so there's this need, people are feeling this need to to secure their NFTs on the Bitcoin chain. So why is that and how my i mean i keep what keeps coming to mind and again i'm a non-technical person i mean i'm thinking about um the hard forks that have happened on bitcoin and there seems to be like the bch is that where there's another bitcoin blockchain but it's a You know, again, maybe I shouldn't even be going this direction because I don't know, but I'm just thinking in my mind, could there be more than one blockchain, uh, Bitcoin blockchain, where somehow they're related, but they're different, one allowing a place for these NFTs that really want to go there. And I've, onto the Bitcoin blockchain, I've heard that, I mean, it seems, because it seems to be a more secure place. So in terms of future NFT world which will most likely include like, like you said, your house, your house contract is not going to be a thousand papers that you have to sign that's sitting in a dusty file in your basement. It's going to be an NFT that indicates you are the owner of this house. Um, you know, and there's very all these different ideas about how we can use NFTs to indicate unique identity and unique ownership, which seems to be important because of all this AI stuff happening and you just all this ability to pretend to be somebody. Um, But I'm going too far out into the technical world, but it's like all of this, all these little bits and pieces are sort of part of this puzzle. Uh, So I feel like it, is this an opportunity to push the Bitcoin maxis and the non Bitcoin maxis to a place where they can think about where can we have NFTs outside of the mon- sort of the Bitcoin monetary block chain, like you were talking about, that you're very interested in. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's, what- yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I couldn't give you a good or bad, um, but I, for me, it's just interesting and fascinating and what, what can this, direct us to in terms of creativity and satisfying these needs that are showing up.
0: Yeah. I mean, where I would speak to for that is well, let's start with the the, the hard forks is you have um Bitcoin Cash, which is what you were talking about, and then you have Bitcoin Satoshi's yeah. vision. So those were like broken off of the main Bitcoin blockchain and you know they exist alongside so technically you could have a hard fork that did do the same thing where those who want nfts can go down a bitcoin nft route and those who don't go down the main bitcoin route and i think that would probably be a good idea um you know hard forks are big things to maneuver and navigate and um yeah they they kind of they are it's sort of the last case scenario but it's a possibility and i think that I would say that that is possibly the best option or to, you know, personally to Mm -hmm. utilize. For me, you have the capacity to use NFTs on another system, Ethereum, for example. You have plenty of opportunity to do it there. Like if you want to hold NFTs, if you want all of that information to be inscribed um, or to be held long term, you know, Ethereum exists for that. I think for me with Bitcoin, it really is the only kind of um, alternative to our uh, mm-hmm. global financial system, right? To a global monetary system and potentially as a new version of the gold standard, so a Bitcoin standard. And to see Bitcoin in that way, to see why it was created and to see its potential and how powerful it is and that this is a really amazing legitimate uh, form of money that is not part of this global system of power politics and i think that's so important that to eradicate the trust in it or to kind of minimize its functionality in that capacity because you want to play for me it's a difficult one i just don't think i think there are better places to have nfts and i know that for some people i'm like i'm outnumbered on my on my opinion but i feel that we have this brilliant system that people are using let's keep it that way if you want to play with nfts then either we do a hard fork or you move over to ethereum why does it have to be done on bitcoin and My problem with it as well is that one, you don't know who is uploading information. So someone could take the deeds for your house and put it on with their name. So how can you trust who is putting that on there, right? Because those nodes, those people who are um, operating the nodes and verifying the network They don't know what's right or wrong they do know in terms of transactions they know if if something is right or wrong but in terms of you putting on a deed to your house like they're not going to know whether that's your deed or someone else's deed so it doesn't it could just create this mess where the bitcoin network like the bitcoin blockchain is just filled with rubbish Mm -hmm. content and two is like what it like imagine that someone puts on there the the designs for a 3d printed gun which is illegal so suddenly it will sit there forever where and suddenly it's like maybe we can't use bitcoin because it contains information that everybody can see and it's illegal information that no one is allowed to see so i think why would why are we wanting to open the door to something that could ultimately be bitcoin's downfall when bitcoin Um, as it is is a really amazing system and what it does it does well so, why are we obsessed with tinkering with things like that? Why can we not just create something new or use a different blockchain? I don't understand that need to create that yeah turmoil and undermining of the importance that it provides. so
1: yeah, well, thank you. you've convinced me it's a bad thing, bad, bad, <laughs> but but I mean, I can see why because. I mean again as a non-technical person in this field who's trying to understand i mean the benefits of having that nft like let's say it is your house deed but then i'm thinking okay what about maybe this is the perfect uh opportunity for dogecoin doge the doge block doge dogecoin blockchain you know maybe because it sort of has some similarities to Bitcoin, but it has an a never ending supply. So monetarily, it's maybe not the best thing, but could that be a place where you could, because it has sort of a life of its own. I don't know. I'm trying to think of alternatives <laughs> and, but that's putting a, a, a very, and it's not just play, you know, it's not just, you know, group membership pictures, but it is like bigger deals. Like it could be your, again, house deed is what comes to mind, but I think there's a lot of different, more uh, serious elements in terms of NFTs. And that's why they're looking to the Bitcoin blockchain because it is a place. Now, of course, there's always gonna be nefarious actors like the gun person putting, you know, and that's, but I agree, you know, in terms of the monetary system, that's really the beauty of Bitcoin. It offers us this alternative and to mess with the blockchain can really uh screw up this mm-hmm. alternative for us that we that is ne- necessary for us to get out of this bad situation we're in in terms of the economic system globally
0: yeah yeah and you know there are other blockchains like or there are other systems that exist like filecoin is about contain Mm -hmm. protected information and ethereum does operate in the same way as as bitcoin like in terms of having nodes all around the world and it gets you know it's distributed and it's um downloaded in lots of different places i think the weakness Mm -hmm. in ethereum is potentially it's moved to proof of stake and the fact that it's so pivoted around vitalik buterin who's the founder but I mean, for most people who are into Ethereum, they believe that it will go on forever. And so that's, you know, a legitimate place where NFTs can exist. And I also don't understand why you want to have all of your information publicly available. You could have, you have a private wallet where you have content existing there, or even like you would do on Ethereum with an NFT that you could maybe make private, but then could show if needed, with a password or something like that. You know, there are ways to protect information so it's not seen by everyone, but maybe to reveal it if it was under dispute. But anything you put on the Bitcoin blockchain is there to see from, you know, everybody can see it until the end of time. And I do understand the argument, which is one of the arguments about it is that Satoshi releasing Bitcoin, it was never, it is what it is. It's for everyone to do whatever they want with it. If people want to, like, make it into an nft platform or they want to destroy it or whatever like it's it's it is open source it's everybody can participate in its future but i think and so holding on to that well this is what satoshi felt is like that's not the right thing but it's also what is the reason why we are all so behind this incredible technology i wouldn't be in this space if it was just Ethereum and it was like NFTs and it was just, I I wouldn't be involved. I wouldn't care. Like, it doesn't matter to me. I'm not interested in art. I'm not interested in my longevity or my need to put something on there forever, forever for posterity. I don't care about any of that. I care about the future of our world in terms of the monetary system and we have no alternative. And finally we have, we do. And it's like, I can't think of a, the same example, but maybe it'd be like having a second son that would give us energy, you know, would like light our lights up forever without us needing to do anything. We think actually it's really pretty as a pendant. And so we break it, break up this sun and mine it and make it into jewelry that's totally useless, but is pretty. So you're taking a source that is so powerful, but because of our want to like decorate um, in some way or to kind of have our impact, we all take from it. It's what we've done to the earth as well, you know, just plucking things out mining from it rather than just appreciating its beauty it's like there is this sort of it feels this extension of this need by the human to destroy a gift that we've been given um like you know the gem of our earth and it's like sure we're the custodians of it we have been given soul reign but look what we've done because they're because without a guardian can humans be trusted to actually sustain something that is so powerful i just you know, and is so good as it is. Um, And I just question, I question whether the human really is the best guardian for anything, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. (gasps)
1: Oh, thank you so much for sharing all this passionate beauty and wisdom. I mean, okay. So I'm with you 100% on this. I sometimes get maybe more into the play part because I'm a very playful person. <laughs> but I agree with you, actually. I think it wouldn't be the space that I would be hanging out in as much at all if it weren't for Bitcoin and this this beautiful gift that it offers us, um, which I'm going to learn more about. I've gotten my two books, uh, The Bitcoin Standard and Fiat, something, The History of Fiat by Safadeen. I forgotten his name.
0: Safidine. Oh, Dean. Yeah. Safe Safety. Um, safe yeah. Um, the bitcoin standard and the fiat standard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I have those and so I can I really want to dig deep more into uh sort of the theory behind it so I can really so I can share it with others and understand it more. Mm. Um
0: but yeah. Thank you.
1: Mm. You've convinced me. <laughs>
0: Well, I think it's important to have debate and I think- Yes, I love it. I love yeah, it. Bringing our opinions forward, so. Yeah, yes.
1: respectful debate where we play, you know, it's like a playful debate. I am so pro
0: that. Yeah, me <laughs> too, me too. And it's just, you know, that's just my opinion, um. but obviously that differs to a lot of other people's and I think that's yeah. good, it's healthy, but, you know, in my world, um, I would be using something else for NFTs and Bitcoin purely for transactions, so- yeah. Yeah. But
1: well, it's gonna be so so interesting to see how this unfolds. I mean, this is a big deal. And I and I think it seems to be affecting the price. I don't know if I mean the price of Bitcoin is on its going down a little bit down now. Uh so I wonder if it's because people are becoming dismayed by all this waiting and fee- extra fees, and it just creates uh barriers and confusion in already confusion, barriered world.
0: <laughs> yeah. so and it
1: will be interesting.
0: Definitely. And it was one of the selling points, right? So I know that in the future, the transaction fees would likely get higher, but I needed to send some Bitcoin into my lightning wallet, but to send, I think it was $50 into my lightning wallet was going to cost me 20. And I was like, that's ridiculous. I can't do no. that. And so it makes it unmanageable. So I wasn't even using Bitcoin. And it's part of, you know, how I want to operate is sending Bitcoin and, you know, obviously sending money on the sending Bitcoin on the lightning chain, but I've got to get the money in there. And in the US, you guys have strike and you can put fiat straight into your strike wallet. But in the UK, we don't seem to have a wallet where we can bring in fiat and then use the lightning network or it's like a big high fee to do that. So. It's just frustrating to want to use Bitcoin and to not be able to because the fees are so expensive. And that's what happened with Ethereum. As soon as like people got really into doing NFTs on Ethereum, like Ethereum fees at points were $50 to $100. And it's just unmanageable. It's unworkable. And I just, I feel like people would be more legitimate of that or they'd be more behind that if it was because it was pushing Bitcoin's price up because everybody was using Bitcoin, then because the price is staying pretty much the same, if not going down, and just people are playing and pushing prices up to ridiculous amounts of money. So it becomes unusable, um, other than for a long term store of value. And at the same time, if they are eating away at the Bitcoin blockchain by creating this, if, if they're making a mess of it, you know, and they are putting in their like, 3D guns, you're jeopardizing the future of Bitcoin, so then that money that you've got sitting in there could be worthless. So it just it it the potential for it to be undermining is much higher than just leaving it as. And I think we've got to use that kind of precautionary principle and to sort of see how, look, we have two paths here. One is very potentially going to cause future harm. It's not mm-hmm. certain, but it could. the other, it's not going to. It's fine. It's like which path are you going to choose? It just seems crazy for not much benefit to be kind of attacking the yeah. chain. So, yeah,
1: as a, an occasional dabbler in conspiracy theories, <laughs> which is part of my play, um, you know, I wonder if this is like a planned attack. You know, it could it could so easily be. Yeah. Um to really make Bitcoin another way to put take Bitcoin off, make it harder to reach for everyday people and for us. And you know, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So sort of interesting. I, I mean this is like a really fascinating soap opera. Um, and I hope it turns out the right way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It would be nice for it to go the way that we all dream. <laughs> or yeah, a positive outcome. That would be wonderful. Yeah. So do you have anything more to add to this one?
1: No, no, I don't. I I think I'm done I'm sharing my thoughts and feelings. Mm-hmm. How well, about you? Well. I mean, you thank you so much for all that you shared. Um, it was really helpful mm-hmm. in um helping me process sort of the pros and cons of this and the cons especially so thank you
0: my pleasure Uh, and I hope that for those listening for you listening I hope that it was understandable in terms of how um kind of ordinal inscriptions are placed onto the blockchain but that can that's information you can look up as well so um yeah I hope that you enjoyed this one and thank you Anya for sharing this conversation space with me
1: Oh, thank you, Tansy. I always enjoy it. <laughs> Me too.
0: And I shall see you next week.
1: Yeah, see you everybody next week, and we really uh, enjoyed having you. And uh, if you enjoyed it as much as we did, please uh, hit the like um below and uh, and the subscribe button and all so you can uh, stay updated about when we release our videos, which is usually every Sunday. and. Uh, Yeah. And share, share with your friends, share with people who are starting to get curious about Bitcoin and want to start learning, you know, well, we do baby steps, but then we do big picture. So (laughs) share with your friends. Thanks for joining.